but companies focus focusing on um, bigger form factors for for the batteries. So I'm just curious as to you know what everyone's thoughts is to this and whether you see any interesting news in the industry so far. You need carefully to structure your form battery and what kind of battery for what kind of use. Again, this year show us that we are talking about a lot of forms, uh, form factors only, bigger batteries, but then you see the problem of the bolt and the, which is major problem for the for the uh, for the electrical vehicle makers or established electrical vehicles makers like the General Motors. So if you are choose, choosing wrong factor form factor, it contributed uh, contributes to success of the company or failure of the whole company. You can go bankrupt on it, on that. Um, Christopher, hi, thanks for joining us on stage. Are you joining to discuss on this topic? Mm. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. one more addition before Christopher, you are jumping. Uh, this uh, forty six eighty battery there is not only form factor. So everybody thinks that it's uh, or everybody is announcing uh, we are going to produce forty six eighty battery. Tesla went very carefully to the designing this form factor forty six eighty. They didn't choose fifty ninety or something like that or forty forty eighty. They they picked up for the six eighty because a lot of uh, a lot of factors what is inside of this battery, so their optimal scenario it's for the six eighty form factor. But you see one year from announcement, and they don't produce it yet. Yep. So it it was just to sort of come back with with a counter to to what Milos was saying there and. Obviously, he's already he already beat us to it with obviously being uh, very important, not just the form factor, uh, but the 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 way that the battery is built. Uh, I think form factor does does go into it, and you know, you, there will be a standardized sort of size uh, that batteries go into. But I think there'll be various form factors. Uh, I know, obviously. Uh, Milos used the bolt as an example, you know, for the, the wrong for, uh, form factor. However, my own opinion on that is I would I, I would suggest, you know, we don't have enough information on it to say what it was, but potentially it was more sort of the quality. You know, what we have to remember is the, the, the battery industry, uh, manufacturing these batteries is extremely quality intensive. Uh, you know, the quality focus has to be sort of, absolute in the forefront of everybody's minds uh you know you, you have got different methods slightly between pouch prismatic and cylindrical but actually at the moment do the do the oems even know what type of uh battery they ideally want you know uh and, and that's just my thought thought on it Yeah, in the bold, I'm not blaming for uh, form factor. No, I am saying that general quality of the battery is very important, including form factor, but uh, not only form factor. Yeah, thanks, Milo. Hi, Barth, do you have something to add? 
Yeah, actually, like I, I do want to add something because the processing of the battery is also changing because right now we are using some uh, some process to manufacture the anodes and cathode. Right now we are we are moving to dry coating and something else like that because many people are constantly doing research and changing the process of battery manufacturing. Do you think it is possible to maintain high quality when this kind of processing is rapidly changing? Is it possible to have quality analysis in a very short time? because the research is going in a very fast way. Actually, Bharat, I, I, I know it's opposite way. We didn't change the battery production for 30 years. We are still producing batteries by the first generation of the battery manufacturing. There is 16-step process. We are just trying to make this process. For 30 years, we, are make, we made this process much faster. But the process didn't change how we are producing the batteries for 30 years from the beginning. So Tesla is only one company which is trying to change this process, but it's very difficult. Nobody else is competing with the... Uh, uh, that's why I'm calling it second generation battery. There's one reason, not, not only reason, but uh, the, nobody changed the manufacturing process yet. Ah, that's, that's really interesting because, uh, you know, a lot of claims are coming, a lot of research is telling this process is good, that process is good, but I don't know why this is not commercialized because this, I always think about it when reading research articles and things like that, how we can implement this quality process into the commercial scale stuff. I'm coming to the same answer to, for the, uh, all the questions of the commercialization. The battery? It's very difficult process because it's like the chemical factory in electrochemical factory in the very small scale. So basically, battery battery uh, cell it's produ it's uh, uh, working almost twenty four hours like the electrochemical factory. So um, it's very difficult to to change it. Uh, so um, that's why we had only few changes over over 220 years. So we started with uh, 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 18, in 1800 with Alexandro Volta. Then we we had like uh, three ma major changes over 220 years: lead acid ba battery, nickel cadmium uh, battery, and the lithium ion batteries, and uh, and several small changes. But you can count them on one or two hands. Uh, so uh, 220 years, that's huge. That's a very small, very slow change. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for your insights. Thanks, Linda and Inga, for also joining us on stage. Um, Linda, do you have any thoughts or comments to add? Yes. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Simon. Hi to everyone else on stage. Uh, yes, I do. I, I think earlier on I, met, I heard mention of circularity insofar as batteries are concerned. Last week, I attended a presentation where a Swedish battery manufacturer were talking about their lithium iron ore batteries, and they are developing technology which they want to use for recycling their next generation lithium iron ore batteries. But of course, um, as they explained, it will be, they can't test it now. It'll be after 10 years when the batteries come to their end of life. 
Um, but irrespective, it's still interesting to see what people are trying to do insofar as the circular economy and uh, recycling is concerned. So um, I thought that was some interesting news. But that was for EV vehicles. Um, my focus is batteries in power projects and off-grid projects, but not as a central component, as part of the energy mix. Still, I'm interested to know um, what those applications could possibly mean for the um, energy sector. Don't speak. Thank you for sharing, Linda. Um, fantastic. Yeah, I don't know if anybody has any other thoughts on it. This topic, I mean, circularity was a really it's a big topic for sure. And I'm not sure if you, um, if you want to follow, we also have a podcast as well um, called Battery Insiders. Um, and um, yeah, so we actually had a session last week with Tillman Bale from um, Systemic. And actually last week's topic was um, sustainable EV batteries. So we spoke a lot about circularity and he's quite, I mean, he does a lot of work on it. So he's really an expert on it. So maybe can also just um, suggest if you're interested in this topic to have a look at Battery Insiders on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera, where we always put all of these sessions. And we also have like a little video on YouTube, uh, sorry, not video on, on LinkedIn, if you look for Battery Associates, so they find a interview you might enjoy as well. So it's definitely a really interesting topic, and thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think uh, last year also show us, uh, Katrine, you were talking uh, about past 12 months, uh, the news. So uh, past 12 months also show us that how, how we moved uh, forward in the recycling of the batteries technologies and uh, recycle, battery recycling companies they kind of prove us that it's possible, it's possible 95% of the battery uh, materials uh, they are able to already recycle. The problem is that the uh, uh, quantity of the batteries, like the supply for, for the recycling, because right now it's not enough, this, this process is not economical because they don't have enough batteries to recycle. But that will be, and next 10 years, we have still time to perfect those technologies and to deploy the, the new technologies. And uh, uh, when the next decade, the uh, volume of the batteries will come to the recycle, that we will be able to recycle them. I think that uh, Milos is correct that there isn't really a large quantity. Obviously, there are certain recyclers that are buying up all the stock and trying to um, maybe, for example, rental materials, buying up all the stock and trying to produce a, a mat and, and selling that mat to maybe um, other secondary groups to actually have operating income. Um, so it's just a challenge because now it's not really economic, but there may not be stock available if you don't get your recycling company on the ground 10 years from now. Uh, because they're trying to buy up future stock of all these companies of this black mass from, say, um, battery manufacturers or, or scrap from battery manufacturers in order to um, prove the legitimacy of their process in the future. Um, and I think this is following up with Linda said. I think Linda mentioned a process recycling lithium iron phosphate batteries, and if I if I heard her correctly. And that's a big challenge, a lithium, recycling lithium iron phosphate batteries. I know that there's some technologies for, at the you know, laboratory scale for that, but that's really a big challenge to make that economic because um, lithium iron phosphate, because of the chemistry and the, 
the value of just merely the you know separating the lithium, the iron, or reconstituting the the cathode from that is a bit challenging. So um, you know, I, I can speak more, but that's uh, my thoughts for the moment. Yeah, I agree with you, Mark. The, uh, recently, we are talking about deploying or uh, uh, producing and using more iron phosphate batteries in the even in electrical vehicle, but uh, vehicles. But the challenge is that uh, it's more difficult to recycle iron phosphate battery than economically than uh, the nickel-based batteries. Yeah, also cool. Sorry, Igo. Go ahead. I'll speak after you. Yeah, two two thoughts on recycling. Today, every car has a acid uh, lead battery, and this recycling of these batteries it's still a mess on a worldwide scale. So all the recyclers should really look, and all the regulators should really look what we missed and did wrong in lead acid battery recycling, as these still land in Africa on on some recycler uh, landfill or in we have millions of children with with high lead uh, in in their blood because these lead, uh, acid lead batteries aren't recycled correctly and the percentage of, of the recycling isn't still where it should be so the regulators should really look what they missed here and do that better in the future and all the companies who do it to make the process really circular environment or economy and not uh, a dumb state, which it still is at the actual situation. So we should really look what we missed with lead acid batteries and do it better now with these uh, lithium ion and batteries, where we'll have really high amounts in the next five or 10 years and afterwards so that we don't end up in the same mess we did in this context up to now. Another point I had about what you said, Milo's 4680s and so on, the dimension they just said, yeah, but Bartha, what you said is right. Uh, they are doing this dry coating and that is a new process and it needs to be stable and it needs to be stable and high speed and so on. And that's in my point of view, the issue why they are delaying the release of, of, of these batteries. Tesla, as you said, Milo's, it's well, one year ago it was announced. If you make uh, these batteries now, you need to test them. Even if you have these special tests Professor Dan developed, it takes time to really test it. And it's a mess if you realize five years later, as GM do with these bolt batteries, um, then you are in a really mess. You need to have the stability of the processes. Um, and that takes time. So breakthrough process, that won't come. It's really inc uh, incremental processes. 1%, 2% here, 1%, 2% there, and then the total industry moves forward. But I don't believe that we will have the breakthrough moonshot technology in the next three or four years. And the final thing, I think the uh, the blade battery, I think BYD announced that that is also an interesting technology. They have uh, not these small cells like Tesla or all the other ones do. They have big ones, these blade batteries. And due to the chemistry, they have inherent security, so they don't burn like uh, the nickel-based one and so on and so on. And that brings down the cost, really down the cost, I think, even more than, than Tesla does it with their way. Um, and they are good enough. They are good enough, uh, the iron phosphate batteries, and you need only the high density, I think, for the sports cars and the very high range. But for a standard car, 
that will be good enough and a stable and, and cheaper technology. Thank you for sharing, Ingo. And I think, Christopher, did you add another point on this? It was more so on the, the recycle, uh, recycling. So when we're talking about recycling, we always talk about the, the batteries and, you know, yeah, the batteries we make today, potentially it'll be 10 years before we see them or even further. But actually, there's, a, there's another issue as well. You know, there's the, the recycling of the production material up until it becomes a battery. Uh, you know, so all processes will create an amount of waste. Uh, I remember watching a webinar where they talked about sort of the, the, the global waste for, from this production. You know, and this is going to be a lot bigger uh, certainly in the short term to over the to before the next ten years when the batteries start coming in. So, you know, when we talk about recycling, we need to understand it's not just about the end of life batteries as well. It's it's about all the, the production materials that are, are wasted within the process uh, or become waste for some reason within a process uh, before it even gets to that stage. Well, this is a follow up to Chris. Um, so uh, I was actually um, curious, other than the, the metals, which um, obviously can mostly be recycled, I know that lithium iron phosphate, uh, recycling that scrap is, has a highly negative value, meaning it requires a large tolling um, amount for, for someone to take that, that scrap. Um, what other materials other than the metals, you know, in terms of like, um, are, are not recycled well. Maybe it's the binders, maybe it's the plastic. I'm just curious, Chris, um, since you're involved with this, need to be improved upon. So I think, you know, you, you know when you start breaking the, the battery down uh, and you start talking about the, the, the manufacturing process, if you look at what the manufacturing process is, it's, it's creating a stack or a jelly roll, either a cathode, an anode, uh, and a separator material. So there you've got sort of, a number of different materials you know you've got your your, your copper your aluminium you've got your your uh, active material uh, as you as you'll be aware mark obviously it can be difficult to sort of separate the active material once it's coated onto the the collectors uh, but then also you've got sort of your if, if you're talking about sort of the the cells themselves you've got your uh your housings, whether that's sort of the cylindrical, whether that's the prismatic housing, or even sort of the the, the, the pouch laminates, you know. Uh, then once you start moving past the cell phase and into the modules, uh, it'll all depend on how your modules get or are put together. You know, the, 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 there could be some form of metal casing on that. It could be plastic casing. It could be PCB boards uh, within the modules. And then once you start moving onto the pack, uh, you'll have sort of buzz bars. Uh, You'll have sort of the, the, the metal pack casings if it's metal. You'll have the, you know, obviously the technology for casings is moving forward. So the, the, there's different materials there. So I think it's, it's not an easy answer to, to, to give you there, Mark. Uh, you know, from a recycling point of view, what's easy and what's not, not easy to recycle? The easy parts will be where there's processes already in place for it, so where there's sort of non-coated metals and there's already uh, items for it, but, you know, you would, you would expect them to be sort of processes already able to handle them. The, the difficult ones uh, will be the ones where you've got the, the material that's coated. 
Well, for, for example, uh, Tesla claims that they have a recycling process which recycles 100%, and I'm pretty sure they're not recycling the binders, the plastics, the electrolytes. I think that's, uh, and I've not seen anybody actually show that stuff is really recyclable. Maybe at best you can use it for heat energy, but there's not really a recyclability in any sense to any of that type of material. Yeah, on that one, uh, Mark. Obviously, I know your background, so I'll, I'll take your 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 comments on that one. Uh, knowing the the industry as you do. Thank you for sharing, Christopher. Mark as well. Um, fantastic. Just look at the times. Maybe just kind of a bit of a reset of the room, because yeah, we were almost a bit over an hour now. So today we just have a session where we don't have like a conversation starter as we often have but today we want to do one of these community sessions which we really enjoy where you know people from from you know like our community essentially can speak more as well and on these sessions um we you know to we like to address different topics and today we're addressing the topic of battery news so we are talking about like you know what are your kind of highlights of the past year in the context of this is that we have our battery day coming up on the 23rd of september where we're going to summarize lots of the news from the past year and we're also going to do a bit of an outlook. What are some of the trends we're kind of expecting? And we also, you know, want to make sure we don't missing anything. So we are really excited to hear all your thoughts. And maybe also just one quick um, thing to say. So we have a newsletter now um, called Battery Newsletter. And um, I have done two versions now. And also Barrett here on, on the panel has been really heavily involved there, working on this and a bunch of other people. And um, essentially what we're doing there is we're summarizing some of the most relevant industry news every month in the world of batteries and we have been sending two of them so far and we will keep doing that and um yeah i think it's also a really nice way to kind of try to dissect this and i think you know some of the news i mentioned today already in there like the um, biden announcements but then also of the european developments but also all these really exciting developments all around the world you know india was mentioned earlier but all around the world we can really see lots of momentum and so yeah you know this is also an open invitation again to anybody listening in right now, you know, if you want to come on stage, I see a few familiar faces, you're really welcome to, to come in. It's a, you know, it's a friendly group, as you can tell. And if you want to ask any questions or share anything you found interesting, you want to share with others, um, please do so as well. We've got about 20 minutes left. And yeah, so, it's, so it tends to be getting quite busy often, but let's see for today. And otherwise, I'm maybe just going to go maybe also from, from you, Christopher, um, you know, just kind of going from a manufacturing standpoint, um, I'm not sure if you know, remember much about what Tesla was announcing, maybe it was for you, you Milos, or anybody else, um, you know, like about a year ago. Um, do you have, like, any updates on it, do you feel? Like, you know, anything where you kind of feel now this actually is kind of entering more, let's say, the industry of manufacturing? Just curious if you have any thoughts on that, what has been kind of proposed about a year ago. Obviously, I have. <laughs> But Christopher, what do you think? Maybe he's away from his phone. It happens. Or oh, he has a bug. I had a bug before. I couldn't hear people. So maybe either of that. Milo's for free to jump in while Chris. Yes, I think the process, the one-year proof us from announcement of the of the battery day of Tesla that goes. Uh, like uh, Elon Musk is saying many times, it's thousand times more difficult to uh, to bring the from labo uh, laboratory scale to the pro volume production the, any invention in the battery. So, but they are progressing. And the question is not if, 
but when it will be done so basically they are already at about in the processes they are in 90 90 90 percent of the processes they have it done they are missing like uh, they are getting some problems in the 10 percent of the processes and those processes are not scientific problems those are engineering problems so is the question of the when they tweak it the machinery to be able to produce in volume because you need to realize that they want to produce at about 10 times more batteries on the same line uh, uh, same as on the smaller size line on one line 10 times more battery than the, the pro processes today so these processes this line go very 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 fast and uh, so you you don't have room for the mistakes uh, you have zero room for the mistakes so how i understand um, they are already building the, two, the i mean obviously uh, it's in the freeman in the cutter road this uh, what they call pilot line but it's a big pilot line this 10 gigawatt hours And in the, uh, Berlin, based on the same technology, and battery plant in Texas, based on the same technology. So next year it will be done. Maybe it will be done, will be done already this year. I would, welcome some, I would welcome some questions about it. I'm just kind of curious if you do you remember like all the different things which kind of coming. So I think the form factor. Um, so I guess that's like you know the form factor, like the tablet's design as well. Um, then silicon. Um, I'm just trying to remember. We had this nice overview. Just yeah, curious from, I, from your. I remember all five factors, but I don't. Those two factors, uh, that I didn't take them seriously already in the beginning. When they go deeper to the materials like the silicon or lithium uh, i didn't take them seriously already on the battery day because it's jumping two three stages uh, uh, vertically no no so the uh, the three most important factors for me is the tablet battery it means that uh, the battery is tablet the second uh, second uh, more even more important factor is the dry battery electrode manufacturing. And the third one is that the, this battery will be a structural pack in the car. Those three factors, um, uh, I, I, uh, I am positive on them. It's just the time when they are able, to, and they are going by the Tesla speed. So one year is a short time to be able to solve them. It looks like uh, they need like one and a half year, half a year more. Uh, the, but they will be uh, done with all three uh, all those three factors. The silicon, oh my God, silicon is very, very, very difficult factor, and I don't think that it will be done in five years. <laughs> and uh, lithium is also a difficult factor, and I don't think that it will be uh, done in year term. Thank you for sharing this. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I know the silicon is, you know, it's, it's a contentious topic, but um, there's of course a lot of bullish people on there as well, um, thinking there will be quite some progress. Um, yeah.
silicon I know relatively well because I invested now. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, my firm is in private equity investment, so we own now, we invested to one silicon, uh, silicon technology company, so I, I know this subject very well. Yeah, no, I imagine so. <laughs> it's good to have the inside scoop. Brilliant. Yeah, just kind of thinking, Christopher, are you back by any chance? Or are you still? Uh, yeah. Are you back? Yeah, Perfect. yeah I'm back. Uh, obviously, I just caught what sort of uh, the last part of what Milos was saying there. And, you know, I think he, he, he made some uh, good points. Um, I think that from sort of my side, I'm very keen to see how the, the structural cell goes. Uh, because although it has so the, the, there's issues there, uh, you know, in the design of the cell itself, there's also issues when you start putting a cell as a structural point in the car, because then potentially if it's structural and you can't remove it, uh, depending on where it's placed, then does that then create issues where if you've got the cell in the car that can't be removed, it then becomes a scrap car uh, or Will it be a structural form where you know the the whole battery will make up the structure of the floor and it'll be bolted in very similar to 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 Dia's technology? I think it's an interesting one. Yes, you are right, Christopher, and I want to point again. I believe Tesla will uh, solve very quickly uh, those three. Uh, those three issues means that the dry battery cell um, manufacturing, dry battery electrode cells manufacturing, the uh, uh, tablet form, and uh, the structural pen. Another two. Uh, issues which they introduce uh, on the battery day, it will take them longer time, or maybe they will not solve it ever. Interesting. I think there's yeah. I mean, I think there's still going to be some interesting news, and it will be interesting whenever they're going to do an update on on some of these things. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a you know, going to be a great surprise when they do, but um, yeah, so I think something we can look forward to. In the meantime, hopefully also some other companies will do some similar announcements because I think it's always interesting to get a, at least get some idea of where that. Yes, the other two, if you remember, they are that they want to produce lithium uh, from the mine from Nevada from the clay. So the uh, lithium is coming right now from the two sources. There are three sources, three primary sources of the lithium. Lithium brine, lithium rock, like the mining, uh, uh, mined lithium, lithium spadumin, and uh, the third source is clay. But nobody is producing economically from the clay, the lithium today. So what Tesla introduced, that they will produce lithium from the clay. They have new technology. And I know, I know details how they are working on those uh, on those, uh, how they are progressing in to be able to produce from the clay. Maybe they will solve it, but maybe not. Um, so that's the lithium. We are using today two sources of the lithium, and they wanted to use the third source. 
on the clay and the silicon silicon they wanted to use uh, uh, metallurgical silicon like the cheap silicon just to uh, be able to simply process it and then coat it with a ionic polymer coating and that basically should solve theoretically the problem with the silicon but it's not so easy so uh, this one uh, this one uh, i think it will take longer time and there were some speculations that they are talking about the, the full replacement of the graphite. I don't think that they were ever talking about full uh, replacement of the graphite. They were always talking only about addition of the silicon to the graphite. Just a, a further up to uh, Miles' point about uh, the, um, the clay deposits in Nevada. I've, I've spoken to uh, the Thacker Pass people and um, they claim it's uh, much less energy intensive for their particular processing method. And since the clays are sort of a highly weathered form of spodumene, it should require less energy for processing. Now, of course, I haven't seen that process. They, they do have some patents and, and all that that are available. But um, they claim it's, you know, there's a, it's highly competitive in terms of lithium products and um, uh, price. So if, if they can out, if they have a, a less, energy intensive process, they can definitely um, undersell and be an effective battery material from clay. I don't know about Tesla's process, they've been a lot more secretive rather than other than Packer Pass, so I'm, I'm curious to see that. Fantastic, yeah, and I think, I mean, that's, it's interesting right, to see uh, what's, what's going to happen, um, yeah, especially from the raw material standpoint, if, if people who haven't been at the session, um, two weeks ago we did one on week to know supply chains and Midas was there as well, but we also had a conversation starter from uh, with a conversation starter from Bloomberg Neff, James Frith, and talking a bit about the supply chain topic as well. And it's yeah, I think it's kind of interesting to see, you know, how companies move into this more. I mean other companies I'm aware of, you know, like BSF is quite involved in some of these things, some OEMs like BMW as well, you know, there's and I mean I've talked to some other big battery companies and um, you know, the kind of how to secure the supply chain is a big topic, especially in Europe, right? Because kind of the new battery regulation, which is kind of proposed by the European Commission, has some you know, new kind of things which have to be fulfilled by battery producer supply chain wise, especially for the European supply chain. So, definitely an interesting area to watch. And we'll see, I think, you know, if, if companies going to localize it, um, if they're able to, um, as you said, kind of develop their own processes. Also, looking yes. at the time, I mean, uh, yeah, I just. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, a little bit bigger picture, general picture, to uh, to uh, to to voice one one view. So for last thirty years, we have the first generation lithium-ion battery, and we went uh, tremendous uh, like through tremendous development in the three directions. We know to produce them today much cheaper uh, cheaper way. We are. Uh, we know to produce them in much bigger scale, gigaplans and so on, than 30 years ago, and we are producing it in much better quality. Various factors of the quality, energy density, faster charging, safety, and so on. I believe next 30 years we still have the room. Next 10 years we have still room to the uh, development to go in all those three directions. And uh, that's in the first generation batteries. 
So there will be plenty of first-generation lithium-ion batteries, but I also will believe that Tesla will start next year, not this year. Uh, they will start next year with the second-generation battery, and that will be also that will also go with a tremendous evolution in this next decade. So the, simultaneously, we will have two. Because of the volume demand for the batteries, we will have the first generation, but much improved, and second generation led by the Tesla, and we will see how, how it will go over the decade if somebody else will produce also based on their license or there is co a cooperation with them on the second generation battery. I'm not talking only about form. Form is this, uh, uh, almost not important for the 680. I'm talking about for the uh, second generation lithium-ion battery. Thank you for sharing. Also, thank you, Sriam, for, for joining us. Are there any news you found fascinating this year or any outlook you might have in the coming year? So you're very quiet, oh, yeah. Hello. Very quiet. Can you hear me now? A bit better, Hello. I think. Let me try to fix it. Then I maybe someone else wants to go, then I can go after. Um, I think we're kind of almost at the end, so in case you want to jump in, but maybe also before you come back, I can also just say a few quick words about the, the battery day because we've been also teasing it a bit. Because, yeah, again, we're doing quite a bit of work um, right now to, um, yeah, we're doing quite a bit of work right now to summarize all the companies from the last year. And I think there's a couple of things you have mentioned. But there's also more, you know, I mean, I think especially on the global landscape, there's so much happening, which is very tough to kind of keep an eye on anyways. And I think we really try to make it nicely appear and put it well together. And then also these outlooks I mentioned, then there are going to be a couple of interesting panels as well on a range of topics from solid state. We're also going to launch a, um, a solid state white paper from Battery Associates next week, which we have been working on for a while. And I think it's going to be enjoyable as well, maybe for some of you. Um, we're launching it during the EAA, where we're also quite heavily involved. And um, yeah, so, you know, maybe also just one thing, if you're interested to attend Battery Day, you know, it's free for you guys. So just go on, um, you know, on batteryday.info. There's a quick form you can fill it in. And you get more information um, in the next few days. So, um, you know, we'd love to have you all there and have this dialogue there as well, you know, on a nice platform and even have a chance to see each other there because they're going to be a video function. So we can do that as well. And um, yeah, maybe, Sriram, would you like to try it again? I don't know. Yes, I think slightly better. Okay. Um, one of the things that I've noticed since uh, September last year is that OEMs are uh, investing in their own battery supply chains. Um, I think uh, that's actually quite recent, you know, starting with Tesla, then DM. Um, made its partnership with LG, um, and then Volkswagen has its own partnerships and uh, with multiple companies. Um, and I'm wondering how that's going to um, develop over the coming years. Whether uh, we're going to have massive suppliers like CATL still continue to exist, or will they all uh, rely on uh, their own uh, supply chains for all their battery supplies? Especially now with LG Go entering. Um, iron 
uh, phosphate uh, battery side of things. Um, I'm wondering if uh, the importance of uh, just battery manufacturers that are not tied to any specific OEMs are going to uh, go in a different direction. I think the um, what the what you said, uh, electrical vehicles like OEMs, yes, <laughs> they are investing in the supp battery supply value chain. I don't think that's true. They are just talking about it. Uh, they they are just investing, uh, uh, creating joint ventures with the battery uh, producers for the giga plants, not for the materials. Giga plants is not supply chain. Giga plants are only plants, but th those are only uh, giga buildings if they don't have materials. So, uh, the, and they are coming from defensive pos position because they need batteries. So they think they can solve the battery problem with the investing or creating joint ventures with the battery manufacturing to produce basically dedicated uh, 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 giga plants to produce uh, batteries for them. But they are not investing money to the supply chain. of view of the from point of view of the uh, shortage of uh, materials for the batteries or but investment to the battery uh, supply value chain the cobalt is least important problem cobalt is problem or, or geopolitical problem uh, created uh, uh, created uh, which is very politicized problem. So be, the cobalt is geopolitical problem. And cobalt is least uh, important problem from the uh, access to the enough battery material. So the uh, other battery materials like the lithium, uh, nickel, manganese, graphite, uh, and others are much more important than co cobalt from the quantity and the quality point of view. Cobalt is least important than uh, cobalt is important only from the environmental point of view, from the policies point of view, and the geopolitical point of view. We have enough cobalt. The problem is that uh, it's in DRC, and they are claiming that it's uh, produced by the child labor, and so on and so on. So the countries are trying to to clean up the uh, DRC from the. Uh, bad mining practices. So basically, that's geopolitical problem. Yeah. I think the efforts made, the cobalt was just an example, um, but the efforts made to own the entire value chain, I think, would propagate throughout the industry. Uh, or at least there is potential for OEMs to attempt to own the entire value chain. Um, right from the materials all the way to recycling, um, attempts will be made. Uh, we just have to wait and see how successful they are because we don't have, uh, uh, you know, even Tesla right now doesn't own the entire value chain at the moment. So um, we will have to wait. Yeah, 
Sriram. I think they are only talking and they are not doing anything. Look at their action, not uh, uh, about their talk. But on the other side, uh, I don't think that it's feasible that somebody can control whole supply value chain. Look at the other industries. So this company would be like 100 times bigger company than uh, a largest company in the world. So basically, the, uh, somebody needs to mine those materials and uh, it cannot be this vertically integrated company. We are not 100 years ago when U.S. Steel was able to vertically integrate it, uh, whole, uh, a whole uh, supply value chain. I agree with Milos on this one. Uh, you know, to own the full value chain, you would have to be absolutely huge. And, there's the, you know, I, I think it's an impossibility. If you're talking about vertical integration in smaller parts of it, then, you know, that's been happening for sort of the, the last sort of 10, 13 years. Uh, if you look at uh, when Nissan first uh, set up, you know, it had a joint venture going. Uh, it had its own battery business. A couple of years ago, it sold the battery business, uh, you know, but then you've got other other companies who are obviously, you've got like, say, a V-Dub. Uh, you know, they're, they're sort of making agreements with uh, Northbolt and uh, others, for instance, potentially. Uh, it, it's regular in the news. So, you know, there is some level of joint venture, as Milo says, but to own the full value chain, I think it'll be impossible. Yeah, look like the problems of the Tesla, even one step vertical integration for the battery. Um, so vertical integration to the old other three steps. There are three other steps before the battery. There is mining, there is processing, and there is uh, and processing is very difficult. Everybody thinks that processing is simple because it's just adding adding value to the mined materials. No, it's more like uh, specialty chemical processing, like pharmaceutical processing. It's so complex and so uh, so difficult. And then you have the active materials production. So it, nobody can, my, in my opinion, that's utopia to go to, vert, to build vertically integrated company. You could do it 100 years ago, but even not 100 years ago, 120 years ago, even 100 years ago, you couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see Tesla becoming a mining company, um, which they'd have to be to to attempt to meet some of their demand, which they couldn't even. Um, and yeah, I don't see them buying up uh, nickel mines and, and cobalt mines to be fully integrated. And, and merely by recycling, they're still not going to meet their demand for their battery materials. So yeah, I don't see um, the vertical integration as really makes any sense, for example. Thank you. Yep, thanks so much, everyone. Um, as always, <laughs> the discussion towards the end of the session is always, you know, a, a, a very engaging. So thank you so much for your active participation. And with that, we've come to the end of the session. Um, if you're interested in what Simon's mentioning earlier about Battery Day, feel free to contact him about it. Um, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We're also always looking for first other speakers to join us, as always. So, you know, if, if you're interested to speak on a certain topic or if you know anyone um, who would be beneficial or con contribute to Battery Revolution, please do drop myself and Simon a message on that. And with that, I'll pass on to Simon to close the room.
Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, and you know, as you said, it's always always fun in the end. And yeah, I just want to say a big thank you, everyone, for for joining us again today for a bit of a different session. You know, a bit like um, yeah, as we said, beginning rather without having conversation starter, but really trying to have a nice discussion about all these kind of updates, etc. We have been hearing in the news. Um, as usual, you can find all the recordings on Battery Insiders on the on the podcast of um, recordings. Um, and yeah, you know, also as I mentioned, Hans Peter in the beginning. The EEA mobility is happening next week. And yeah, if you're interested to attend um, in person or online, let us know. Um, especially as Battery Associates, we got a bunch of, not too many, but we have a couple of tickets still um, from, you know, we, we get because we're a creation partner on the battery topic. So if you're interested to attend, you know, and you have been involved in these sessions, and just let me know about me, like a message track on here. So reach out to me on LinkedIn, and I'm sure we can help you out. So um, yeah, it would be cool to see many of you there. We're going to have a battery panel there on the, on the Thursday, and we do a masterclass on the Tuesday, but unfortunately, the masterclass won't be streamed online. But yeah, with this, you know, um, thanks everyone for joining again, and I'll see you or we see you in about a week's time. See you then.